you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Anyone thankful to, to be in church? Thankful that we can do, anyone thankful that we can actually be in a nation that we can freely come and go and leave? You know, freely worship God, not have to worry about people storming in and arresting us. I'm telling you, I find that absolutely amazing. Amen. Now, we may be living in the deadest part of the world. Amen. Maybe we need some people coming in to, to start persecuting the church like that. Maybe some, maybe some people will start standing, standing firm in what God has for us. But, uh, but listen, church, I, I am thankful. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for Ireland. I'm thankful for the UK. I'm thankful for what is beginning to stir in this land. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it if you want to. Amen. Did y'all have a good week last week? And I hear, I hear pastors Jason and Nadine did a wonderful job, as I would expect. I would expect nothing less from them. They're absolutely amazing. I'm telling you, it's, it, it blows me away. I love seeing what God has done in those two. They're, they, uh, they are moving and operating in something special, amen, uh, that the Lord has poured upon them. And it's a, it's, it's a lovely thing to see, amen. Now, he was talking here about, about resisting the devil, amen. So, you know, church, how many of y'all know we, we ought to know how to, to resist the devil? I mean, if you, if you sat in this church or if you've been down Dundalk, whatever, you, you, we ought to be people that know how to resist them. Why? Because he's coming, I mean, he's coming after the church. He's coming after people. We're like, oh, man, once we get saved, I mean, everything's going to be great. No, what happens when we get saved is a big fat bullseye gets put on your back. Amen. But see, that's nothing to be fearful of. Why? Because Jesus has given us everything we need to, to push back, to, to, to win, to accomplish, to accomplish everything that we need to do here on this earth. There's, we should have no fear of the adversary. But we need to learn how to resist. We need to learn how to actively oppose when he comes against us. How many of you know we need to actively oppose? That doesn't mean sitting back on your hind quarters waiting for something to happen. No, it means actively oppose. It means push back. Amen. On what on what the adversary is doing in our lives. See, see, I think most of our much of the problem in the church, much of the problem here in Europe, and this is why they, they've gone the direction they have, is we we don't know how to resist anything any, anymore. I mean, I'm telling you, we have a generation of people that expect everyone to do something for them. They want something else to do it for them. I mean, just, just you do this, you take care of it, you train me up, you do this, you do that, you do the other. Amen. And when we, and we live, when we become a people that expect everyone else to do something for us, what happens in, uh, in the spiritual side of things? I mean, if we're like that in the natural, what happens in the spirit? We expect God to do everything for us. I mean, God, you do everything. I'm going to sit back here and I'm going to watch you do everything for me. And that's not what the Lord's asking us to do. How many of y'all know Jesus has already done everything for you? It's already been done. I mean, that's, that's a surprise to a lot of people in the church. But listen, he's already done it. He's already fulfilled everything he needs to fulfill. The only thing that he has left to do is, listen, to come receive his church, to come set up his throne here on this, on this earth for a thousand years and for eternity. These are the only things that he has left to do to bring judgment upon everything that's evil. I mean, these are the last things he has to do. But, but everything regarding us here on this earth, listen, it's already been done away with. It's already been done. This is why, see, this is why we've been teaching here in the last month or so, talking about the name, amen, the, the, the name and the power and the authority that's associated with his name. Because listen, church, we got to understand that death is defeated. Hell is defeated. Satan, he's been conquered. These things, it's already taken place. It's not something that's going to take place. It's like everyone's just waiting for, man, I just, it'd be great if Jesus or, or the Father would come down and just destroy Satan. Listen, church, he's already done it. He's already done it. 
We just, we just got to come to the place of understanding. We got to come to the place of knowing it and then knowing how to operate with him in it. Amen. And say, we got to stop fighting against Jesus. Amen. And stop working with the kingdom. Amen. Doing the things that he's asked us to do. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, church, the, the Father, the Father, he has given, he has not only given Jesus a name that is above every name. Because see, Jesus, when he went down to, to the pit of hell, what, what does it say that, that uh, when, he, when he spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly and publicly, triumphing over them. And then God, what did he do? He gave, he gave him a name. Amen. And what was, what was associated with that name that's above every name? It is the authority. It's the power that is associated with it. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I find, I find it absolutely amazes me. It absolutely amazes me that our, how our God desires to work with us. Now, now listen. Now, we got, we, got to get this, we got to get this straight. Listen, church, God doesn't need us to work with us. I mean, I, I hear this a lot, and people are like, oh, God just needs me to do it. He needs the church. He need, now, God doesn't need you to do anything. God is God. I mean, he is God. He's the creator of the, the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells with it. He, he's created all things. He don't need you, amen, to do things. I mean, we've got to be very mindful of, of belittling who he is to, to bring us self-promotion. We've got, we got to be mindful. Not, we don't need to step into that place. Listen, he doesn't need you, but see, out of his goodness, out of his kindness, out of his, out of his love for humanity, out of his, out of his love for union, what did he do? He said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I did my part. Now, now I, want, I want my family to do something with me. I, I want them to be able to, to work on behalf. I'm not, I'm not going to come down there. I want, I'm going I'm to fill them up with my spirit. And I'm going to send them forth. I want them to work with me. I want them to come into union with me. I want them not just to be sitting back per, uh, being, uh, per, uh, being spectators of the kingdom. I want them to actually be part of the kingdom doing something with it. Why? Because why is he? Do, I have no idea. But he, but he, he knows this love. He has a, such a love for unity. Listen, church, that, that the body of Christ we need to start grabbing a hold of. But he has this love for unity. Listen, that that we that that we that he desires to work with. I mean, it blows me away. I mean, why would God, why the God of this, want, want us to work with him? Huh? It's crazy if you think about it. It's crazy. But th- but this is the God we serve. Him seated in a posture of union. Him seated in a posture of union. What did he say? He said, he said I want to work with you. I don't want to do everything for you. I want, I want you to show you can be in me, in correct relationship with me. I want to show you all that you can do. Why? Because we're one with him. We're one. We're in union with him. You know, you know this, this scripture, one of my favorites in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He's not delayed. He's not slowed concerning his promises as, as, as we might consider slackness. See, we, see, we look at things, we say, man, God missed it. God, God's slow. You're slow. You're missed it. You're not doing things right. We, we look at things. We want to put our opinion and judgment on everything. Amen. But he says, listen, how man judges and looks at things. Listen, listen, God's not slack. He's not slayed. He's not delayed concerning his promises in anything. Hmm. He's not delayed. He's not slack concerning these things. But, but what does he say? He's long-suffering towards us. Not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. But all come to repentance. Now listen, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what denomination many of you come from. I don't, I don't know what your, your theology might be. Amen. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something, church. There's one thing and one thing only, amen, that, that God has with his intent and purposes. And you say, what is that? It's that the whole world comes to repentance. The whole world. 
Not just this person and that person and maybe this other one. No, no. No, God has a desire. The desire of our Father, the desire of Jesus, the desire of Holy Spirit is that the whole world comes to repentance. That they, that they come to repent. Why? So they can receive him. So they can receive the fullness and they can receive the kingdom. His desire is for the whole world for this to take place. See, there is no, there is no such thing with this Calvinistic doctrine that is, that, is, that, is, that is running rampant through a lot of the churches nowadays on this double predestination. That God chooses Cynthia, but you know... Alex, you're, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're probably born from the wrong country. You know, but, you know, Pam may be all right, but Laura, you know, he's not really keen on blondes. You know, see, this, this, this is rubbish theology, this is rubbish thinking. I mean, we need to come and learn the heart of our Father. I mean, the heart of our God. I mean, double predestination, I mean, it's insane. I mean, God, I mean, I know God does not favor prior to salvation. Let me say this. Prior to salvation, God has no favor upon any man or woman. Right? He doesn't, you know, he, does, he does not look at, at, at the Jew or the Gentile or the, or the Greek. He doesn't, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't look at these people as being anything different. No, he wants them all to come to him, both. You know, he wants everyone to come to him. I mean, you say, you say why do I say uh, prior, to, prior to salvation? Because listen, after salvation, listen, church, I'm going to tell you, you know, God, God, God can show a little bit of favoritism. He, you know, why? Because you know, the people that he trusts, he'll, he'll, he'll pour out some more things upon them. I mean, but these are, these are the people that he trusts, the people that are hungering after him. Listen, he trusts them more, so he pours out more things for their lives. Amen. It's not, it's not that he won't let you do it, but listen, you've got to be the one seeking after it. Amen. It's easy to get into that category if you have a heart after him. Amen. But his heart is after the whole world, full stop. I mean, a scripture like this, along with many other scriptures, shows us, shows us the true heart of God. I mean, that's why we can't just sit out there and, not, and not, not, not think that God doesn't love it. Oh, they must not be chosen out there, so I'm not going to go after them. No, no, we need to be praying for this city. We need to be praying for the, for the people of this world. We need, we, need, we need to be praying and seeking after them, figuring out some way to reach them. Amen. You say, how, how is that going to be? You probably need to get filled up so much of his glory, amen, that people, people can't stop but want to come to him because of what they see in you. Right? Because secondly here, what does it say? He's not, he's long-suffering towards who? Who is Jesus long-suffering towards? Who is Holy Spirit long-suffering towards? Towards himself? Is he, is he, is he long-suffering towards himself? No, he says he's long-suffering towards you. Meaning what? He has, he has loads of patience regarding us. Meaning he, is, he does not get angry easily at us. It takes him a lot to get in, into that posture. Why? He's, he's working and working and working willingly, you know, that we will willingly get in line with him and do the things that he's asked us to do. Because listen, he said, listen, I've done everything. I'm not, I don't have a lot of patience towards myself because I've already done my part. I have a lot of patience with you, Barry, because why? I need you to do what you're called to do. Amen. I need you to do, reach the people. I need you to, to, to do whatever it is that I'm asking you to do. Amen. He's long, he's long patient towards each and every one of us that we need to do our part. We need, we need to play our part. We need to walk in our part. I mean, we need to submit unto our part. Amen. So that he can begin to do what he desires to do. Right? Now listen, if Jesus... If Jesus has set us up with all things in redemption, if, if he's set us up with everything that we need to fulfill you know, the call of God upon our lives to fulfill God's desire upon the kingdom here on this earth. You know, if, he, if he's already set us up with these things, what, what exactly has he set us up with? What, what exactly has he said? Well, firstly, listen, church, as we said earlier, he destroyed, he destroyed darkness. He destroyed the yoke and the bondage of darkness. He's completely taken it off of the neck of, your, of people. 
Listen, the reason we have darkness in our lives is because we allow it to come in. I mean, we allow it maybe through the things we watch, the people we hang around with, the things that we do. Listen, church, we allow those things to come upon us. Darkness, it's been broken off you. If you have darkness around you, it's because you're out seeking after it. I mean, darkness runs from the light. There is no such thing as, as darkness when light's upon the scene unless you invite it, unless you, unless you invite it in and flip the switch off. This, this, is when, this is when things begin to happen. But listen, you have got to absolutely understand that he has broken the, this bondage off of you so you can begin to walk in it. Secondly, he has given us the gift of salvation. Once we receive this salvation, what does he say? He makes you completely new. He makes you new. This is what 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything that was old about you, it's passed away. It's died. It's done away with. He says, behold, all things have become. He says, take a look at this. This is absolutely amazing. Everything about you is new. You're, absolutely, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. Hmm? You're a new creature. We shouldn't be looking the same, talking the same, acting the same. But we're new creatures. And then thirdly, he said, what did he do? He put his presence on us. He put his Holy Spirit within us so that we can be completely in union with him, that we can, that we can be translated into the kingdom of light, removed from the kingdom of darkness. And lastly, what did he do? He gave us a name. He gave us a name. He gave us a name. To with that name, all the authority of the king can come to fruition. His desires can come to fruition here on this land. What do he say? I'm sending you out in power. I'm going to send you out with power and authority over darkness. Why? So you can fulfill, amen, what, what, I, what I conquered here on this earth. You know, how many of y'all know in, in, in Matthew 28, 18, I think we've gone over this several, several times now, Jesus said what? All authority, all authority in heaven and earth, is, it's given unto me. Jesus said, listen, I, I have received, after, after my death, burial, and resurrection, the Father has placed all authority on heaven and in earth, amen, and hell. All, all of it. He has authority over all of it. He has the keys to death and hell. He says, I have all authority over heaven and earth. He says, now go therefore. Go therefore what? Go therefore in my authority. He's saying, I'm, I'm sending you out. If I'm sending you out, I'm sending you out with my authority to go what? To disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. To, uh, teaching them all things I've commanded you because lo, he's going to be with us until the end of this age till, till I come and receive my church. He goes, I'm always going to be with you. doesn't matter what, what things look like around you. I'm always going to be with you. He tells us in what in Luke, Luke 10, 19, he says, he says, behold, I've given you power. I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions upon uh, 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 over all the power of the enemy. He says, nothing by any means shall harm you. You know, it's not, he's not saying that you can walk around, you can, you can step on the, the serpent's head or the snake's head, or, or if you see a scorpion walking by, you can stomp on the scorpion. That's not what he's saying. It is, this, is, this is verbiage. It's symbolism for, for demonic things and, and, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. He's saying, listen, guys, I, I've given you power. I've given you authority over these things. He goes, nothing Nothing shall by any means harm you. I mean, can we grab a hold of that word? That nothing shall by any means harm you. They don't, why? Because they don't have any power over you anymore. Nothing shall by any means harm you. You say, well, pastor, listen, these, these people, this was, this, this was before even Jesus was, was resurrected. This is before the church was birthed. Now, you're absolutely right. Now, if he would give that, if he'd do this for the disciples before the rebirth, what do you think he'd do for his own body that he's now in union with? You think he's going to give us less than what he did with them? Absolutely not. I mean, we're the, one, we're the ones going out fulfilling what he's asked us to do. 
Amen. Of course. Of course, we have this authority, but we got to get to this place where we know how to use it. Amen. So why, so why in the world, why in the world, if Jesus has conquered everything, if he's defeated everything, why do we need his word? Why do we need his authority? I know why we need his word. Excuse me. Why do we need his name? Why do we need his authority to accomplish anything? If he's already done it, why do we need, why do we need this authority? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Why, why do I need Jesus? If you defeated everything, why, why do I need this? I mean, why, why does darkness you know, try to come against us? Because listen, just because the enemy's lost, just because the enemy is defeated, doesn't mean that he's not going to come and test you to see if you know he's defeated. Right? See, he knows he's defeated. But see, he don't know if you know he's defeated. So he's going to try to rise back up to see, to test you. Do, you. do you actually know who you are in him? Do you actually know what Jesus has done for you? Do you actually know the power of the spirit that's on the inside of you? Why? Because he wants to make you miserable. Why? Because it hurts the father. Because it hurts the father. You know, I had a, a friend... I had a friend that was in the, 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 the U.S. Army. And, and he was in the, he's a sergeant in the U.S. Army. And he was, he was in, in this time when, we were in, when America was in this war with Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, back when uh, it was right after 9-11 in the U.S. where, where Al-Qaeda uh, ran the planes into the buildings in New York City and, and Washington. And anyhow, he, you know, so they, they were deployed and they went out there and they were fighting against these terrorist groups or these terrorist cells. And, and, and they had a place in Cuba, amen, which I always find very odd that we have a, a military base in one of the places that absolutely hate America. But anyhow, they have a military base in, in Cuba called Guantanamo Bay. Amen. And, what, and this place was specifically designed where all the people they captured, they would bring them into this place and they'd question them, do do whatever that they do in, in these areas. I mean, it's like a big prison system there in Guantanamo Bay. And he was, he was stationed, because I think he was one of the military police, so he was stationed in this area. And, he's, and he was sitting there telling me one day, he's like, he's like, you know, Ryan, I, you know, when, when, I, when I got back there, because I, I was asking how everything was, what, what, what it was like, and, and all this kind of stuff. He goes, man, I was, you know, there's these big bullpens, you know, kind of like prisons have, these big bullpens where, where people can go congregate together, they can hang out, they can have a little bit of, you know, so freedom, you know, as much as freedom you can get where they can talk, communicate, lift weights, do, do the things that they're going to do. And he said, I, you know, they, they'd send us out and one person and we'd walk, we'd have to walk through these bullpens that had like 150 people, maybe 200 people in it, you know, that absolutely hated you. You had to walk into these places. Now you think, well, that, maybe that's not that bad because maybe you had a gun or something like that. No, no, you're not allowed to go in with a gun. You're not allowed to go in with a weapon. You're not allowed to go in with a knife. You say, why is that? Because if they tackled you, took you, you know, killed you, then they could have a gun to sit there and shoot at some of these other military men that's around us. So that stuff wasn't going to exist. You had to go into that bullpen. You had to go surrounded by all these terrorists, amen, that did with what? Simply with your authority. Simply with authority and authority alone. So he said, you walk in there, and he goes, he goes, it happened about once every month. He goes, I'd be walking through there, and thank God he was a man that was filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, I'd, I'd be walking through. He goes, I know something's about to happen. And I'd turn around, and I'd see, I'd see five or ten guys rushing, rushing at me. He goes, I grabbed the one that was leading it. I'd grab him as hard as I could, slam him to the ground, and I would force my authority upon this man. He goes, but as soon as I forced my, my authority upon him, what happened? Everyone else fled and ran, fled and ran. He goes, and this guy would get up, and he'd take off. He'd get up and take off running. Why? Because they knew they were defeated. They knew they were defeated, but they wanted to see if this sergeant knew that they were defeated. 
And then say, I'm telling you, church, we, we, have got to, we have got to learn what it's like to be able to, to walk in this authority because things are going to come test you to see if you know, if you know you're defeated. Just like it does in the natural, the spirit, Satan does the exact same thing to us. Listen, he'll, he'll rise up. He's going to rise up. Oh, oh you be, we get teaching on authority. We get teaching on healing. We get teaching on all kinds of different things. Now, you know what Satan wants to do? He wants to come test you. Now, do you really believe this stuff? Do you really believe it? And what do we got to do? We got to walk in the authority, amen, that God has provided for us. How many of you know Satan is defeated? How many of you know Satan already knows he's defeated? See, you know, people don't, Satan doesn't think he's going to win this. He, know, he knows this isn't going to happen. He already knows he's defeated. How many of you know that, that, that sickness and disease, I mean, the curse of sickness and disease, it's already defeated. It's, it's not going to be defeated. It already is defeated. How many of you know that oppression from devils? Listen, church, these things have already been defeated. It's not going to be defeated. It already is. The, the, the power and the authority of Satan you know, for, uh, over mankind, it's already been defeated. Amen. It just has to be wielded by us. Amen. It has to be expressed by us. We're the ones that have to demonstrate it. Why? Because Jesus isn't going to demonstrate it for you. He's already, he's already defeated. He's already won. Now we have to walk in what he's done through us and for us, right? So if we have, so if we have this authority, why does it seem like we fall short in it? Because we talk, we, we, we can preach these things all day long. Why, why, why if we have this authority, if we have this power from God, if, if, if darkness is in why are we falling short? Why do we fall short in these things? I mean, we know the word of God. We know, we know how to stand in faith. You know, why are, these things, why are these things happening? Well, listen, church, you know, great, great authority and great power. Great authority, great power can only be wielded. It can only be exercised to the extent that we're under the one that has the authority. Does that make sense to you? You know, great, the only way you can walk in great power and a great authority is to the extent that you're submitted under the one that has the great power and the great authority. Why? Because what is, what is authority? It's only delegated power. It's just delegated power. It's, de- it's, it's operating off the power of the one that actually has it. It's delegated to you. Amen. A delegated power, listen, is only as powerful. It's only as powerful as the one who holds it. And it's only as powerful as the one who holds it and also to the degree that he extends it out to someone else. Hmm? So if Jesus... If Jesus has, if he, if he is a name that's above every name, if, if everything in heaven, if everything on this earth and everything in hell is going to be bowing a knee to him and confessing that he is Lord, I mean, that he is king, if, the, if, this, is, if this is the fact, listen, church, this means that he has, he has all the authority. I mean, there, there, is, there is no more authority. There's no one that has more authority than him. He is God. He has the authority. So if that's not the problem, if that's not the problem, it's not the problem that, that Jesus doesn't have enough authority to help us here. You know, if that's not, what, what, what's the problem then? Hmm? The problem must lie somewhere where, somewhere in the, somewhere, it must lie somewhere in this place, amen, to where we don't have the level of authority operating through us that we need to. Hmm? That we're not, that, that the level of authority that he's passed on to us isn't, may not be, everything we need to, to, to begin to uh, fulfill everything that we have that he's called us to do. All of our dreams or ambitions or all, or all the callings that he's placed upon our life. Hmm? 
right? Now listen, obviously, we know, church, we obviously know that, that Jesus has given authority to the church. We know that. We've been taught on those things. We know, we know Jesus has been you know, taught on the authority of the church. But, but may I dare say that he might limit the amount of authority that he gives to us individually. Well, he limit those things until he can trust us. Hmm? I tell you, he will. I tell you, he will. Why? Because he needs to be able to trust us with the power. He needs to trust us with authority that we have. Now, listen, when I say these things, don't get confused. I'm not saying that he's going to limit your power to be able to, to push back sickness or push back disease or, or cast off a devil. You know, he's, he's not, no, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Listen, church, we, we have got to get past those. Those are simple things. We got to get past those simple things and start looking to the big picture. Amen. The big picture. What? Not just, not just getting ourselves freed. Amen. But maybe getting our, getting our immediate family freed, our, our, our husbands or our wives or our children free. Maybe not just our immediate family, maybe our extended family. Maybe not just our extended family. Maybe it's people in our church. Maybe not just in our church. Maybe it's our city. Maybe it's not just our city, but it's our nation. Maybe it's not just our nation. Maybe it's actually fulfilling the call of God and going out to the four corners of this world. Amen. Bringing the whole world into repentance. Now, why, why isn't this happening? Why didn't this happen with each and every one of us? Maybe it's because we don't have all that authority placed on us because we don't have that trust level yet in our lives. Because right? I'm telling you, church, he needs, to be able to, he needs to be able to trust us. You know, when I was in business, I had a man that, 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 worked, that worked for me for, for years. I mean, he ended up being like my right-hand man in business. I mean, he, he had a lot of authority in that company. He had a lot of authority. Listen, church, he had, he had credit cards that were in his own name. Listen, he could sign for checks. He could, he could hire people. He could fire people. He could, he could buy things for clients. He could buy things for, for the business without even asking me about it. He could just go and do it. Why? Because he had the authority to operate in these things. Why? Because I could trust him. Why? Because he's been with me long enough. He, he was loyal. I could, there was a trust that got generated there so I could trust him with this authority. Why? Because he was seated under authority. And when he was seated under my authority, listen, church, there was a lot of things that were able to begin to give to him. Why? Because he wasn't in rebellion against it, right? It wasn't in, he wasn't in rebellion against it. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, listen, church, I know the flesh may not like to hear these things, but listen, church, if you want to walk in authority, you're going to have to learn how to be under authority. You want greater authority in your life, you're going to have to be more submitted, amen, under authority in your life. This is the reality. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what Jesus is trying to reveal to us. We need to get to be a submitted people. I mean, stop being a rebellious people. Amen. But see, the more, the more we're submitted unto him, the more we're submitted unto his kingdom, and the more authority he's going to release upon us. Why? Because then he can trust you. You're not going to be building something. You're not going to be doing something to destroy yourself or destroy your church or destroy your family. No, no, no. He'll be able to trust you with these great things, great revelations, great mysteries, great authority. I mean, he can trust you with it when, when we get completely submitted. Amen. Now, isn't this one of the, the three ways? I'll get there in a second. And, and, and there, uh, isn't this one of the three ways that, that Jesus received the name that's above every name? He received it by what? By humility. Right? When we talked about this a few weeks ago. He, he received the name by, in Philippians chapter 2. Who, who being very, found in the very form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and made himself in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of man, what did he do? He humbled himself unto death. 
He became obedient and humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross. Wherefore God has so highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. You know, he got a name for what being humble, submitting himself unto the Father. Because see, Jesus is not under the Father. Jesus as is equal with the Father, just like the Holy Ghost is. But what did Jesus do? He said, listen, I know we're equal. Amen. But I'm not going to go down to this earth to try to receive a kingdom to myself. I'm not trying to do that. No, I'm going to place myself under your authority. Amen. And what happened? He came to this earth walking in great authority. No darkness had any power over him. He, he walked in humility. Walked in humility, submitting himself to the Father. What happened? He got a name that was above every name. He got great authority released upon him from it. So let's, let's go here. Let's go here to Matthew 20. I got, I got a few, good night, I got, I got a few scriptures here that, we, that I want to go over real quickly that I think will help us. I mean, even, even in this Christmas season while we're, while we're around some, some friends and family and, and you know, praying about what God has for us next year. But listen, Jesus, when he's talking about, talking about what it's like for us to, to serve, what it's like to actually be an authority here on this earth, you know, he, uh, he starts off here, and I'll start here in verse 24 in Matthew 20. It says, and, and when the ten heard it, it says they were moved with indignation at these two brethren. Now, what were they, indignation, what were they in indignation at? Well, if you go and you, you read the preceding verses there, you'll find that, that John the Beloved and his, and, his, and his brother James, amen, they, they, what they do, they tried to weasel their way into Jesus with, 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 with our mother, actually, and tried to weasel their way into where they could get a seat or a posture or, or be seated in a place of authority. You know, one, you know, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can I sit on your right, my brother sit on your left? You know, they're trying, you know, can we just be over all these other brothers that we have here, all these we want to be at your, we want to be the closest thing to you and forget about all these other guys. It's just us. Right? And what happened? As you, as you would think, it, it made these other men upset. It, made, it says that they, that great indignation came upon them. It says, but, but Jesus, he, he said he called them on to him when he, when he knew that they were getting upset. He said, listen, you know the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they, have great, and, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. He said, listen, all the, all the rulers of, of this world, they, they, they operate in what? In dictatorship, t- tyrannical type authority. I mean, they, they force people into submittance. They, they force people into what they want to do. He said, but this shall not be so among you. Whosoever is going to be great among is there anyone that wants to be great in here? Not, not one person. You don't want to be great. And he said, Jesus said, listen, if you want to be great, this, this is the protocol to how to be great. You want to be great? If there anyone want to be great among you? He says, let them become your, your minister. Let them become your minister. That, that, what does that mean? Not, not that means you've got to become a preacher. You need to go preaching on the streets. Now, this, this word minister is a Greek word, diakonos. Amen. It's the same word that used in, chapter, in Acts chapter 6 when you find out that, that uh, they wanted to make deacons of the church. I mean, people to serve the widows, serve the people of the church. Why, why, the, why the apostles were praying and seeking out things that to minister into the people, right? So they'd get filled up with presents so they could give the presents out to other people. Amen. What they, what they do? They, they set up deacons that were for deacon is diakonos, the ones that serve, the ones that will serve and wait tables. So what is Jesus saying? You want to be great in the kingdom? You want to be great? Begin to serve. Begin to serve those around you. Begin to serve people. Why? Not, not, not lord over them. Not, not exercise, lord, not force them into, 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 into what you want to do. Not, not being a dictator, but, but serve them. Be a servant to men. Be a servant to women. He says, and whosoever will be chief among you, let them be your servant. 
even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. He goes, listen, Jesus is like, listen, I didn't even come here to get served. I came here to serve. I came here to serve and then give up my life. Well, what is he talking about giving up his life? He's talking about that preceding verse there. He goes, if you want to be a chief, why? Because Jesus, I mean, I know he is the chief. He goes, let him become your servant. What is that word servant there? That's the Greek word doulos. Amen. What does that word mean? It actually means to be a slave. It means to be a bond slave. See, this was like a badge of honor word used for all the apostles when they, when they, started, when they started going through. And it's where they start every single letter. Listen, listen, this is Paul. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a doulos. I'm a servant, I'm a doulos and an apostle. Um, firstly, uh, firstly, I'm a slave. I'm a slave to Jesus. Secondly, I'm an apostle. I'm one that's sent. Amen. But the first thing, I'm a slave. You know, it's crazy. I was, I was ministering at, uh, down at, at another church, and there was this lady that came up, and you could tell she had a, she had a real rebellious know-it-all spirit to her, like, like most of the people in the church nowadays, it seems like. And I was sitting there talking to her, and I said, I said listen, you need, you, need to learn, you need to learn what it's like to be a slave. And she was a black girl, and I know why the Lord had me say that to her. I said, you need to learn what it's like to be a slave. And she said, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not a slave to anyone. I said, that's your problem. That's your problem. I mean, you need, you need to learn to be a slave unto Jesus. You have to learn to be a slave unto him. Amen. We, we, ha- we have to learn to, what, what, what does that even mean? That means, that means completely sacrificing your life for him. Completely sacrificing your life for the kingdom of God. Laying down your desires, laying down your will, laying down everything you think, your opinions, all the rubbish that's associated with what we have in this world. Laying that down and then picking up his desires, picking up his will, becoming a doulos. It's a bond slave. As someone that, that, you know, when indentured servants were back in the day, they'd go, they'd go place themselves into servitude, into slavery, into someone until they could work off a debt. Now, a bond servant, what'd they do? They said, man, I, I see that, that, that master, he's so good. He's so good. I, you know, I, I'm, by choice, I'm going to place myself as a slave in slavery to him for the rest of my life because he's that good. This, this is what this is talking about. Not that Jesus is going to whip us or force us into submission. No, no, no. No, it's seeing that he is so good that we give up everything for him. That we, that we become his, that everything belongs to him, including our desires, including, including our opinions. Hallelujah. He says, you want to be a chief? Learn to be a, a slave to someone else. Learn to be a slave into the kingdom. Hmm? Completely submitted unto him. And when we get completely submitted unto him and serve him, you know what, you know what his will is for our lives? For us to be submitted one to another. Why? Because this, this is where true authority gets released, is with, a, is, with, is with a submitted heart. Why? Because yeah, if you don't have selfish gain, if you don't have selfish motives, if you, if you just have a simple yielding unto Holy Spirit, listen, he can, he can pour out amazing things in your life. But listen, church, to be submitted to, to be submitted to is not to be dominated. Hmm? To be submitted to is not to be dominated by. See, the, in the world, we, we see submission as if you submit to someone, they, they force you, they coerce you into action. They, they, they may beat you into action. They may beat you to do what, you, what they want you to do. You're coerced, you're forced into it. You're, you're dominated. This is, not, this is not kingdom submission. Amen? Kingdom submission is a posture of your heart. Kingdom submission is a lifestyle of humility. This, this, is what, this is what submission looks like. It's simply placing desires of someone else over yours. Amen. Dying to yourself and following someone else. See, if we... Yes, you see, why is there so much offense going on in the church nowadays? 
Why, why can you people get so offended? It's like, it's like flipping a coin. I'm telling you, people get offended left and right. Why, why does that happen? Because people aren't completely submitted under Jesus. They still have their own desires. They still have their own want-tos. They still, oh, i got to have things this way. And they still get, they get offended. Listen, if we, just get, if we can just get submitted unto him, become a slave unto him, listen, it'll take a whole lot of offense out of the church. It'll keep you getting offended at your brothers and sisters. It'll keep you from getting offended at, at spiritual leaders in your life. But it's becoming submitted unto him. Yeah, let's go here. Let's go here to Colossians real quick. Colossians 3. This is, I think this, is, this would be good here. In Colossians 3, hallelujah. Is this all right for you guys today? Amen. In Colossians 3, yeah, let's start here in verse 17. It says, And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, now this whole chapter, this is talking kind of about, you know, keeping Jesus as the center of your life. I mean, him being the center, him being the core. And if he's being the core, he says, then listen, let, 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 uh," he goes, whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it in his name, giving thanks to God. Do everything with him being the center of your life. Now, now listen, y'all know the Bible, it wasn't written with all these, with all these titles and, and verses and all these things. So, so listen, when you, when when you're reading that through, why does the next very verse say, wives, submit, your, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fitting unto the Lord? He says, listen, do, do everything. Do everything with a, with a heart submitted with Jesus as the center of all things. Wives, submit, submit, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Not, not, not to your neighbor's husbands, not to your friend's husband. He says, you know, wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands. Unto your own husbands as is fitting, as is fit with the Lord. Amen. Now listen, before I get into this, let me make something straight here. When it says, as fit as the Lord, what is it talking about here? It's saying, submit unto your husband's righteousness. It's not saying submit to verbal abuse. It's not saying submit to physical abuse. It's not submit to things that that are outside of the things of God. No, it's saying submit to the righteousness that's in your husband, in your own husband. Submit to those things. Why? Because, because, Because being submitted in the kingdom is not being dominated. Right? But submit, but submit, amen, submit. And, and you say, why, why are these things? Listen, church, when we, when we come to this place of finding that, that we get submitted, amen, when wives get submitted under the leadership and the responsibility of the husbands, listen, I mean, I know this, this is why, you know, there, there is a protocol in the kingdom. You know, the, you know, the Lord says, I, you know, he's making men the head, amen, and all things flow through that until the wife. Now, why is that? Not because the wife needs to be dominator because she's not, not as important. No, it's just different, amen. It was God saying, I'm making you the head, meaning I'm the one putting you in responsibility. I mean, say, all guys, oh, I'm the head. You might want to be careful about saying that because how does your marriage look? I mean, if you're the head, God's holding you responsible how your marriage looks. If you're, if, you're, if you're the head, God's holding you responsibility how, how, how close your wife is with the things of God. God God's holding us responsi- responsible for those things. It's, it's a big task, amen? But see, God says, listen, if you'll submit unto that righteousness into your husband, amen, allow him to lead, allow him to be the one that's responsible. Quit trying to carry that weight that he's designed to carry. Listen, you're going to find that, that you can begin to walk in great authority, Amen. As you're, as you're submitted, you'll be able to walk in great power as, as you're submitted, right? Because this power and authority comes through being submitted. I'm telling you, church, great authority comes through submission. It doesn't come through rebellion, not even in your marriage. 
Amen. It won't, it won't come through rebellion. It's like, it's like sometimes it seems like, you know, why, especially, I mean, it's, it's mental ever since we moved over here in this part of the world. It's like, it's like, you know, women are always trying to pick up and carry things that they're not designed to carry. I mean, I, Corey Timboom, you know, made a statement about this when she was talking, uh, when she says her father, when, when she was a little kid, her father said this, you know, when she was asking about some questions, he wanted some revelation on some things that she, that she wasn't old enough to, to carry it. He said, listen, go there and pick up that suitcase. She walked over there and she did all she could to pick up that suitcase and she couldn't pick it up. And she said, I can't pick it up. She goes, it's, it's too weighty. He says, that's right. The weight of it's too heavy for you. Just like this question, it's too weighty for you. You're not designed to carry that yet. Amen. And see, ladies, listen, we have to be, don't don't try to carry a weight that you're not designed to carry. Because if you'll just release that weight, what happens? You'll be able to pick up more weight than you ever dreamed possible. But it's the weight you're designed to carry. Amen. And many times that'll make make your husband into the man that he needs to be. Amen. But we got to learn how to do things the way God designs. God wants us to do these things. He says here, and he goes, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter towards them. Wives, we need to learn how to submit. Husbands, you need to learn how to love someone else beside yourself. Hmm? I'll tell you, how do you know that? Because I'm a man. Amen. I know, I know how those things go. Amen. This is something that the Lord had to deal with me for years and years and years. Amen. Submitting one to another. Stop just loving yourself and everything's about you. Amen. Lay down your life like Jesus laid down his life for the church. That's how we ought to be loving. That's how we ought to be protecting. Why? Because God holds us in responsible for those things. He says, children, obey your parents in all things for it's pleasing to the Lord. Children, they need to learn how to obey. And they don't let your kids run around and do everything they want. No, they need to learn how to obey. Why? Because this is what's pleasing unto the Lord, obeying our parents. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. I mean, don't, don't provoke, don't, 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 don't be a dictator to your children. I mean, yes, you be firm. You're a man. You're the one leading them. Be, be firm in things, but be tender as a father. Be tender as a father. Servants, obey your masters. Obey your masters uh, according to the flesh, which is an eye service as men, not, a, not in, with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart and fearing God. What, what is this talking about? You can use this for, for even in our, uh, since we don't have a whole lot of slave activity going on nowadays, it can be in your job. Listen, don't, everything, do everything you do as unto the Lord. Amen. Don't, don't, don't do this, you know, working, working real hard when your boss is on the, when your boss is around or when you're, when you're, or when they're monitoring your time on, on your computer or whatever. Listen, listen, we don't do things that try to get away from things. I mean, we, we, everything we ought to be doing with honor. Why? Because we're, we're, we're working for him. We're serving him. We're submitted unto him and everything flows through him. I mean, it flows through us from him. Amen. As we're submitted unto him, we get submitted into everything around us. Right? He says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that it is the Lord that you shall receive the reward of your inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. For we, for we serve him. Listen, church, this will sum up all of our, all the natural submission in our lives. Let's just sum it up all. As we, as we become singleness in heart with him, being completely submitted unto him, listen, it will, it will permit us to be submitted unto everything else we need to be submitted to. Amen. 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 See, if we could just learn what the Lord has asked us to do, we'd never get into this, we'd never get into this place where we, where we walk outside of church. 
we walk away from the things of God because, because we have no respect for the, for the leaders that God's placed them for, before us. Why? Because we submit to him, we'll be submitted to them. But the same, the same, on the same principle that leaders would never start, you know, uh, being dictators over, over, over God's, like they're, they're, like they're, they're their people. I mean, these are God's people. These things blow me away. But what, what is, the leaders have to learn how to submit as well. They're, why? Because what, the chiefs, what are they going to do? They're, remember, they're the, they're the slaves. Amen. They're the chief servants. Amen. Leaders in the kingdom, they ought to be the chief worshiper. Not the ones that are doing more than everything. No, they ought to be the chief worshiper. The chief one that, that, that has uh, an intimate relationship, that has greater encounters with the things of God. Why? Because they're the ones that are bringing it to the, to the people. Amen. It's not, it's, not about anything, it's not about anything else, church. Being submitted unto him makes us submitted unto one another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if we can't fully submit unto Jesus, we're not going to fully submit to other people. It's just not going to happen. And if you can't fully submit, listen, church, you're never going to walk in the fullness of authority that God has for us. We're never going to change cities. We're never going to change nations. Y'all give me about another five minutes, maybe? Because I think, I think this would be good. I'll make this, yeah, I'll just make this quick. I'll take five minutes, and then we'll go. Is that okay? Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Matthew chapter 8, and I'll, and I'll make this quick here. I won't teach on it. We'll just, we'll just go over it. Starting off in, in verse 5 in Matthew chapter 8, this is the story of the, of the centurion's, uh, the centurion's uh, soldier, his, his servant being healed, right? It says in Jesus, when he entered into Capernaum, he came, uh, one came unto him, it was a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant, she lies, she lies at home, and she's sick of the palsy. She's grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, listen, I'll come and I'll come and heal her. You say, why is that? Because Jesus is always willing to heal if we'll submit ourselves unto him. He's always willing to heal. Today, he's always willing to heal. Why? Because compassion always leads him, right? And then the centurion, he spoke up here, and I love this. He, the centurion answered him and said, Lord, he goes, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but just speak your word only, and my servant shall be healed. He said, I'm not worthy. Listen, if we could get, if we could get this kind of humility operating on the inside of us where, where, where we think, oh, we're not worthy for something to, to take place instead of, listen, I just need you to do everything for me. See, this is, this is kind of how the things go nowadays when we come into people that are in leadership. It's like, listen, I just need you to do everything for me, and I don't want to do anything at all. Amen. But listen, he wouldn't like, he said, listen, you don't even, you don't even know to come. I'm not worthy for you to come under, under, under my house. Listen, you don't have to come touch my son or, or you don't have to come touch my daughter. You don't have to come touch my servant. I know you go lay hands on people and people get healed. I know you don't have to do those things. I'll tell you probably one of the greatest statements of faith and it came through a Gentile. But a Gentile that knew exactly who he was. And he said, you don't have to touch my, my servant because all you got to do is speak. And then he, and then he begins to, to, to speak the truth on these things. How he knows all you got to do is speak. He says, for I'm a man under authority. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers underneath me. And I say unto this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, it says he marveled. He marveled and said to, them, uh, said to them that were following him. Why? Because the people that were following, they need, they need to get a teaching here on, what, on how, what this man understood. He said, verily, verily. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I haven't seen such great a faith, no, not in all in Israel, not even in you disciples, not even in you and the apostles. I haven't seen such a great faith in all of Israel besides this man right here. I mean, Jesus has said he marveled. 
Now, when you, when you see that word marveled, you need to pay attention. Why? Because there's only two places in the word that Jesus marveled. Once was when he was in Nazareth that we're talking about on Wednesday, I think it was. And, uh, when he was in Nazareth and he marveled at the unbelief of people when he, when he was on the scene. The only other time he marveled was at this amazing faith of the centurion soldier. Why? Because he understood, this man understood, amen, what, what it's like to operate in authority. How, to, how he can fully operate in faith because he knew what it's like to operate in authority. He, was, he had a posture of being fully submitted, Right? See, understanding authority, it comes from a posture of being fully submitted. You can't understand authority until you get fully submitted. I mean, it just doesn't happen. He says, because I'm in authority, because I have rulers that are overneath me, over above me, he goes, because I have them, now I can walk in authority. Only because, I have, because I'm under authority, now I can walk in authority. And what happens? Then when I speak, my servants begin to do something. My soldiers, they, they start doing things because I speak it. Not because of who I am or how big or how tough I am. No, it's because of the authority of the one I sit under. Amen. And see what happens. See, when you sit under authority, that, that authority, the centurion soldiers, and listen, that authority, it begin, their authority, the bosses, the emperor, his authority begins to flow through me as I speak these words. And it comes down to these other people. I mean, it's, it's the same way in the kingdom. If we can learn to be under authority, then listen, this authority can never flow through us. It gets kinked. It gets stopped. Right? Because we got to be fully submitted. We got to place ourselves under. This is what submitted means. Just placing yourself under. And when you place yourself under, you get underneath that authority. Listen, this is when his can flow through us. When we get fully submitted unto him, amen, what happens? Then his authority can begin to flow through us. And when we actually speak, things begin to happen. And when you can speak and there's going to be gold that will get up in a fish's mouth. You can speak and devils begin to leave. You can speak and, and darkness begins to leave. You can speak and cancer starts shriveling up. You can speak with authority. Why? Because his authority begins to, to flow through you. His authority is flowing through us. Ah, church, we got to get to this place where we, where we are completely submitted. I mean, there's, there's another, see, the, the, Bible, the Bible is so saturated with, with being, having a submitted heart. It's saturated with it. It's saturated, you know, with, with the authority of the believer. It's, it's a saturated with these things. But we got to pick them up, amen, and not just go as far as we want to go. No, we need to be completely under. You know, uh, there, there, there's an account in Luke chapter 7, and I'll close with this. There's, a, there's an account in Luke chapter 7. It's the same count of the centurion soldier. But in, but in that, it does not say that the centurion soldier went to Jesus. It says that he sent. He sent the elders. He sent servants. He sent people to go after Jesus, right? Now, now why is that important? Who actually went? Did Jesus go? I mean, did, did the servant go? Did the elders go? Or was it actually the centurion soldier? Who actually went? Well, if you understand authority... And then you know that it was the elders that actually went. It was the servants that went. The, the centurion soldier never went. Why? Because when, when the eyes of this scripture is written, you know, there is no difference in the centurion going if he gave authority for, these, for, for the elders to go do it. It was just like the centurion was speaking. That's why you read it in two different accounts. There is no, there is no duplicity in the word of God. There is no contradictions in the word. You just got to understand what the word's talking about. Listen, the Middle East, they understand authority. They understand submission. Amen. It's us in the Western world that are so independent. You know, we, we got to be trained up on these things. Amen. But listen, why, why is this so important? Because listen, when, when this, these elders began to walk, on behalf, uh, walk up to Jesus on behalf of the centurion soldier, but no one, no one, no one paid any attention. That was just like that centurion soldier was there. Now listen, if we're sent 
you know, Jesus, we're, we're the sent ones. He's, he's called us to go into the world. He, he sent us to do his job to, to fulfill, you know, to fulfill the, the job that he's called us to and bringing the kingdom, bringing the world into repentance. Listen, this, this is what he's called us to do. Now, if he sent us to do these things, listen, church, when darkness gets near us, listen, church, they don't see, they don't see us. They see him. They see Jesus. They see the Jesus. They see the one that's, that's backing up the, the ones that's saying these things. It's Jesus. He's the one, it's the, he's the one that has a delegated authority that he's, that he's passed over to us. Uh, listen, we, we have got to grab a hold of these things. This is how you can walk in no fear, amen, when, when stuff comes near you, amen, when, when viruses come or when devils come. When we first moved here, I mean, it was, it was amazing the amount of devils that were getting, that, that, were, that were upon people, amen. But they start getting freaked out when actually the presence of God comes into a room, amen. Why? Because they can't, they can't withstand those things. Why? But they, it's not because they're seeing you and how great you are. No, it's seeing who you're submitted unto. Amen. And his authority flowing through each and every one of us. Listen, church, we, we have got to get underneath his authority, fully submitted. Listen, this needs to be something that we're, that we're, that we're, paying a, that we're seeking after as this new year comes into. And I, I, I wouldn't say even wait till the first. I'm saying we need to start doing these things now, getting fully submitted unto him. You say, well, I am fully submitted. Well, listen, if you think that, listen, you, you, you need to get more submitted. Amen. Because, listen, we, there are a lot of things we can be moving out of our lives Amen. If you want to walk in the fullness of what he has, you want to walk in the fullness of the power that Jesus walked. See, we're called to do greater things than him when he was on this earth. And we're not even doing what the, what the disciples were starting to do. Why? Because we're not, we're not completely submitted like they were. We get completely submitted. We'll get completely submitted to one another. Amen. Completely submitted in our, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our church life. And listen, church, we will begin to see some amazing things flow through us. We'll be able to begin to operate and the authority that he's already purchased and given for each and every one of us. Does that make sense? Amen? Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your, for your passion. We thank you, Lord, for your compassion. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your authority that you've already purchased. You've won for each and every one of us, Lord, and it's just waiting for us to be able to operate in it. Lord, let us be a people, Lord, that are so submitted unto you, Lord, that, that you can trust us with authority. You can trust us with greater power. You can trust us with, with what the early church was, was doing and even greater things than those. I know you didn't give greater things to the early church than you had given to us, but we're the ones that, that, are, that, are, that are waiting for you to come back in. Lord, the, the earth is probably darker than it's ever been at this minute. Or people walking away from, the, the, from church, walking away from things. Why? Because there's not a reality. We can't present them with the realness of you. So help us to be a people that get so submitted unto you that we can walk in your power. That we can not just have a word coming out of our mouth, but we can have a, a demonstration of your goodness. A demonstration of your power. Lord, that, that darkness will begin to run as soon as we walk upon the scene. That we can walk in grocery stores and it starts making devils irritated. We can walk down the street and people are going to start getting healed. We can walk because we're so committed, so, so submitted unto you, Lord. So submitted unto the kingdom that your goodness just can't help but flow through us. That we'll be a, a wide open vessel Yeah, I see that, Lord. I, I see that. It's like, we're, it's like we're veins that have, you know, what is that? The plaque of cholesterol buildup in these veins. And it's, it's time for us to, to release those things. And, it, and it's just by a change of heart and submission. So I thank you for that, Lord. 
Help us to have ears to hear, Lord, even if we don't understand, Lord, that if you, you speak to us, Lord, we're submitted. We don't want to step out and do what you ask us to do. Help us to keep our mouths shut when it comes to, to brothers and sisters, leaders, whatever it may be in the kingdom, Lord. May we, may, we, may we learn to love, may we be submitted one to another. Hmm. May we not hinder you from flowing through any one of us, Lord. May we, may we be able to reveal your goodness in everything that we do, Lord. We glorify you for it. We glorify you for it. Lord, and as we close this service today, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for Psalms 91, that no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Lord, for you give your angels charge over us, Lord, to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, they're, they're in front, they're back, they're side to side, Lord, we are pro completely protected. We're protected in any means and modes of transportation we have. As we go down the railways, the airways, the seaways, Lord, the motorways, even as... As we're going down the walk paths, Lord, we are protected. No wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall harm us, shall hinder us, shall distract us. But we'll be driving them out as we walk down the street. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the righteous labor of our hands, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the jobs you've given us, Lord. May everything we put our hands to prosper. May our jobs, may they become our ministry this week. Lord, set up opportunities for us to, to minister unto people. You know, heal the sick. Lord, lead people unto you, Lord. May we reveal more and more and more of your power as we get more trust placed upon us, Lord. We thank you for it. We say we're going to move. We're going to step out even if you... Hmm. As soon as we hear you, even if we make a mistake, Lord, well, we know that you can correct our paths because you are that good. And we'll have ears to hear <laughs> what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. Lord, we, we thank you for this church. We thank you for all of our brothers and sisters here. We walk out of, out of here in faith and love towards you, walking in love towards one another. Thanking you, Lord, for the ambassadors of Christ. You've trusted us to be your representatives. You've trusted us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.